재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Some years ago I started calling myself Ginger Peter Sherlock Rosemary Emmanuel The Archbishop of Canterbury You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been corrected. First chapter. It is time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every Sunday morning, usually from the exposition. Today, I'll be reading from Yang Kuijia's Wonmidong Xin, or The Poet of Wonmidong. In the part I'll read today, the young protagonist Kyungok, age 7, introduces her friend, Mr. Mongdal. Mr. Mongdal is a 27-year-old man who lives with his father and his young stepmother. Rumors circulate through the neighborhood about what went wrong with him, but to Kyungok, he's just an odd man who hangs out at the mom and pop store and keeps her company. I'll be back after Agnes Balza singing The Train Leaves at Eight. Poet of Won Midong by Yang Guija. Unlike the other celebrities of Won Midong, the poet has another nickname. Kyungja, a hairdresser at Seoul Beauty Salon, was the first person to call him Mr. Mongdal. According to her, the poet's hollow eyes, disheveled hair, dyed army jumper that he wears all year round, and worn-out jeans make him look, at night, like a bongdal gushin, the ghost of a man who died before he ever got married. Not only Kyungja, but almost all the other people in town treat him in a slightly scornful manner, as if to treat a child, because he's known to have gone a bit off his head. It's hard to say when and how it all started, but there's no doubt that he is different from other ordinary people. Mr. Mongdal lives on the third floor of the rows of Sharon Row houses. On the veranda of his place are unusually many flower pots and as many as three bird cages hanging. His family is rich enough to keep the air conditioner on all day long in the summer, which is rare in my town. His father is an herbal doctor and runs a clinic downtown. At his advanced age, his father married a young woman not long ago and was just starting to enjoy his remaining years when the poet, his youngest son, moved his residence from his married older brothers to his father's. Madam Kohung at Gangnam Realtors says that the poet's moving in with his newlywed father and stepmother is in itself a foolish thing to do. However, I have no idea why it's a foolish thing for a son to move in with his father. I am probably the only friend Mr. Mongdal has. 
He's 27, so he's 20 years older than I am. Nonetheless, we're friends fair and square. Believe it or not, I have another 27-year-old male friend, Mr. Kim, the owner of Brother's Store next to my house, who is also the head of the neighborhood association in charge of the residents of Wonmidong. He is very gallant and fun to be with. I used to spend the whole day giggling with Mr. Kim, sitting in one of the chairs under the beach parasol in front of the store. Recently, however, he's become rather curt to me. He no longer tells funny stories or offers me a freeze pop when I'm sitting under the parasol. I know the reason only too well, but I have no choice but to pretend ignorance. My third eldest sister, Sonok, suddenly left for our aunt's house in Seoul last month. The whole town knows that Mr. Kim and Sonok have been dating. Then of late, Sonok became a little distracted and in the end left the town for Seoul, saying that she would like to help out at aunt's clothes shop. Sonok has a very pretty face. Given the looks of my parents, I dare say it's a case of a black hen laying a white egg. She's too pretty to remain stuck in our wretched household, which she has always been sick of and depressed about. I really don't want to say this, but my father is a garbage man. He stinks, since he handles one garbage can after another from dawn till late in the evening. There is another family member I'd rather not talk about, my second eldest sister. Unlike my eldest sister who is married to a farmer in Yangpyeong, Gyeonggi province, my second eldest sister makes me feel ashamed of talking about her. At first, she worked as a bus conductor, then a laborer at a sausage factory, then a waitress in a coffee shop, and finally, at the age of 26, she started to run a sort of grog shop somewhere in Kurodong, which is, in fact, in line with her money-grubbing personality. I visited her once and saw a tall man sleeping, naked from the waist up, and my sister flipping through a weekly magazine, lying on her stomach beside the sleeping man. Instantly, I was able to size up what had happened to my sister. My parents think that junior high school education is good enough to marry off their daughters, so the first two daughters graduated from junior high and that was it. However, for some reason, my parents allowed Sonok to attend high school. Since graduation, she's been saying that she doesn't want to work in a factory because she now has a high school diploma and that she would rather become an actress. It's true that she's become a headache, but there is no way that my sister would settle for Mr. Kim and his tiny store. Some may think it's strange for a seven-year-old or even eight or nine-year-old to hang out with much older unmarried men, but it's not my fault. My best friend Sora and several other friends all entered elementary schools last year and this year. Further, all those kids who are younger than me but still fun to play with go to kindergarten. Coming out of my house after breakfast, all I can find is snot-nosed two- or three-year-olds. It doesn't change much, even in the afternoon. The elementary school kids flock together and won't let me play with them. I'm always left all alone, feeling as if I were an extraterrestrial. My town has many kindergartens with reasonable tuition and two places where kids can take piano lessons, but my mother won't budge an inch. Even those who live in one-room houses bustle about every morning sending their kids to kindergartens. As for me, I've never learned so much as a children's dance sequence. 
Of course, my father brings home piles of picture books and broken toys he's found in other people's garbage cans. Nevertheless, I'm not at all interested in them. Ten to one, I've all grown out of them. It was in the spring of this year when I, cut off from the world of children, got acquainted with Mr. Mongdal. I was hanging about in front of Brother's store, stealing glances at Mr. Kim in the hope that he would speak to me. Suddenly, I noticed Mr. Mongdal standing right behind me, also trying to attract Mr. Kim's attention. He took out a crumpled piece of paper from the pocket of his dyed fatigue pants and unfolded it. Then he hesitantly sat down on a chair next to mine and out of the blue called me by my name. Hearing him call me, Kyung-ho, I was so flabbergasted that I nearly fainted. Then I remembered yelling at him once, Hey, Mongdai ghost, thinking that he was kind of simple and crazy. So suddenly spoken to by him like that, I couldn't help staring at him with my mouth agape. The next thing he said to me was much more shocking. You keep calling me a dog, a dog. My eyes widened. Yes, I'd call him Mongdal Ghost, but never, I swear, had I called him a dog. So vigorously, I shook my head. He didn't seem to notice my denial at all and kept repeating the same thing. You keep calling me a dog, a dog. To my great surprise, that's what's called a poem. I still get knocked cold whenever I recall that episode. According to Mr. Mongdal, Mr. Kim had told him the previous day, since he was writing poems, perhaps he could write a fine one for Mr. Kim himself. At the request, Mr. Mongdal stayed up all night trying to write a poem, to no avail. So he decided to copy a famous poet's work and brought it to Mr. Kim. And the phrase with which he shocked me to death was the last line of the poem. 
Come on, man. When did I ever call you a dog? After hearing the poem, Mr. Kim patted him on the shoulder as if to say, What on earth did I expect from you? Unlike Mr. Kim, the shock was not to leave me anytime soon. I almost felt that I had actually called him a dog and had forgotten all about it. Regardless of what Mr. Kim thought of the poem, Mr. Mongdae wandered about reciting the dog poem, and I was determined to make Mr. Mongdae, as well as Mr. Kim, my friend. It seemed more glamorous to make friends with a poet than with a small shop owner. Having said that, I must confess I wasn't brave enough to hang out with a slightly crazy man for a long time. Moreover, Mr. Kim could give me candy or a freeze pop if he wanted to, while Mr. Mongdal had absolutely nothing to offer me. He only talked about poetry, thought about poetry, and asked me to memorize poems together with him. Poetry was everything to him. When the wind blew, his heart ached because of the sound of the wind grazing through the grass. When a nun passed by, he yelled out of nowhere, 17 or 21 buttons have caged her. He was able to recite famous poems all day long if he wanted to. That was not all. He said he could make hours of conversation using all the poems he had learned by heart, which was called a poetic dialogue. In order to be able to do so, he stayed up night after night reading poems. By night, Mr. Mongda memorized poems lying on his stomach, and by day, he practiced the poetic dialogue. The songs we played in between were meaningful Korean songs that portrayed people's hopes and hardships in recent decades, starting with Sage or Four Seasons by Dorede Chanan Saramdil. Followed by Kananetton Kushijol, loosely translated as The Impoverished Past by Song Kyungha and Kim Bomle. Today I read from Yang Gijas, The Poet of Won Midong, translated by Chon Miseri. The story was published as part of the Asia Publishers K Fiction Bilingual Editions. Copies are available any place where books are sold. Yang Gijas lived in Won Midong, the outskirts of Pucheon, Gyeonggi-do, from 1981 on. Her serial novel, Wonmidong People, came out in 1987 to great critical acclaim. She won the Isang Literary Award in 1993 for her novella, Sumungkot, or Hidden Flower. And in her most recent book, Paradox, one of her characters says, It is always humiliating to be considered the sort of person who can be neatly summed up and explained to anyone. If you want to know what happens to Kyungok and Mr. Mongdae, Check out The Poet of Won Midong by Yang Giza. It is time for this week's quote, which is from a poem by Pablo Neruda called Ode to My Socks. The moral of my ode is this. Beauty is twice beauty, 
and what is good is doubly good, when it is a matter of two socks made of wool in winter. Once again, that was from the last stanza of Ode to My Socks by Pablo Neruda. We have arrived at the end of our show. Please go to our website if you would like to learn more about next week's topic. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week. Stay warm and tune in again next Sunday at 10 a.m. for another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is another truly meaningful Korean song. Please enjoy Xin Gua Sonyeon or Poet and Boy by An Chi Hwan.